Hello, I'm Derek Doka, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been serving the investment property industry, from preparing tax returns for property owners when I worked in public accounting, to creating and managing multi-million dollar syndications as a commercial broker. Throughout my career, I have always had a passion for learning and teaching what I have learned to others. This podcast is for commercial property owners and those who provide professional services to owners. My goal is to bring value to you through the sharing of best practices and industry knowledge. Each episode is geared towards providing knowledge and insights around topics and trends affecting property management, asset management, and investment management. Please enjoy this episode, and if I can be of any assistance, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at docmail.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another Real Estate Investment Insights podcast with my co-host, Jordan Elliott. And uh, it's great. What are we, I think we're on episode six, seven, something like that now. So uh, really happy about that. Um, we've gotten a lot of inquiries regarding uh, full service property management versus just property management. And uh, so I think the topic that we talked about last time we want to carry over to this time, which is really enhancing returns and streamlining operations by working with a full service property management company. You know, whether it's one of our companies or somebody else's, I think that the information here is all the same and uh, helping those individuals, whether it's a family office or high net worth individual that owns uh, commercial real estate, what to look for when they're looking for a full service operation and the value of having a full service operation. So um, Jordan, welcome. Great to be here, Derek, as usual. And I, I, when we think about this topic, and you and I deal with this a lot, because a lot of times you and I are out there in the field talking with prospective clients and current clients, and, and our teams are working their tails off to keep our clients happy, which we all appreciate. Um, one of the things that always comes up is kind of these challenges. Mm-hmm. And when you think of somebody with their busy schedule, um, you know what they have going on, like a family office, they got multiple investment types, not just real estate. But the idea of how to help them streamline that and streamline the process. And the same with individuals, uh, these high net worth individuals or individuals in general that have the ability to buy a commercial property, you know, they too, their their time is limited. And uh, so when I think of the challenges, uh, maybe we should talk through those, you know, top three challenges, you know, the mm-hmm. limited time uh, and expertise, you know, the optimization of returns on their investment. And of course, the big one is always tenant satisfaction. So maybe walk through how when you're talking to prospective clients and current clients about those top three challenges, uh, how you address them and what you look for. Yeah, I, I think you, you've hit upon a really good point when it comes to a situation where you've got family office or maybe it's you know an individual or, or um, kind of single family that's high net worth and they have a, a broad range of investments that goes beyond commercial real estate. I mean, if you just, just think about it, if you have, um, you know, if you're invested in stocks or bonds and you're invested in, you know, maybe in, you know, private equity investments and in companies, operating companies, and then you have commercial real estate, frankly, I'd say it's most people are not able to have a level of expertise in all of those things in order to be able to, to keep those various assets and investments performing at a high level. Um, and we see this, I, I have a client that we worked with for many years who really, frankly, had a passion in uh, investing in operating companies, and they were really looking for opportunities to to make those investments and grow those operating companies. But that meant that what was a pretty sizable commercial real estate um, uh, portfolio was really languishing. 
And so, you know, while their passion was that direction in that particular situation, there's a lot of expertise that's necessary to run a portfolio of commercial real estate. And, you know, I, I would just talk about just as an example to get us started, like lease structure, you know, there are so many clients that we've inherited lease structures that are our root of entry, not as, I mean, that not as any kind of um, insult or, or, or anything like that, but just that they weren't able to really put together triple net leases, for example. And so they're leaving a lot of, a lot of recoveries on the table. Um, and I, ironically, right before we jumped on this particular recording, I was working on a new client who's desperately trying to bring a multi-generational portfolio into a triple net age, as opposed to just coming up with some kind of gross number and finding that it doesn't really match their expenses, especially as those expenses are through the roof for a whole variety of reasons that you know we've talked about in previous podcasts. So I just think if you if you look at that broad range of potential investment types, how could someone be expert in all those things? And inevitably they're leaving money on the table. Yeah. No, and and, and what I have a lot of conversations with individuals around, hey, I just want this off my desk. I mean, I, I know it's doing great. And then when you dive into the numbers, it really isn't doing great. It's doing well, but it's just getting taken care of. And I feel like a lot of them are in survival mode when I end up talking to them, um, where they're just trying to keep it above you know, or keep it afloat basically. And they're not really optimizing, you know, that return. And, uh, and I think that's where, when you think about a full service operations or a full service management company that does, you know, more than just debits and credits, uh, that ability to kind of optimize those returns and dive into those leases and get those recaptures. Cause we all know that the more NOI you increase, that increases the value of that asset. We talked about this a lot where it's not necessarily the real estate that's the value, it's the tenant that's in there. And the cash flow that comes out of that, that's what a lot of investors are investing in. So those challenges of, you know, they have limited time and expertise on it. And then uh, and then uh, they haven't really had an opportunity to really optimize the return just because they don't have that expertise. Um, and then, of course, keeping the tenants happy, which sometimes a lot of investors that I've worked with, they end up making it personal. And when the tenants call and have a question about something... You know, that's not a tenant, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, the uh, When the tenants call and they uh, they are complaining about something, maybe the trash is overflowing, uh, a lot of times, sometimes owners look at it differently and take it a little more personal versus a uh, property management company is going to look at it from managing to the lease. And that's the document that we manage to, and we're not taking it personal. We, we've covered this before, but I think it's really worth emphasizing that a really good property management firm is going to work with a property owner to find the right balance of tenant relations. Like you can't, you, and you're exactly right, Derek. There's, I mean, we deal with this every day where an owner has made a personal relationship with a tenant, which is frankly a very reasonable thing to occur. That tenant is the value of the property and you want as an owner to provide great customer service. But when things start to go sideways or there's real kind of like you know, the leases, the, the rubber of the lease is hitting the road, if you will, having a third party property manager to act as an intermediary. And then to my point, a third party property manager who can meet that tenant where the relationship stands and evolve it over time is, is key. I mean, you can't you can't show up as a property manager on the first day and say, Here, you know, read your lease and deal with it. That's not going to do any good if they're coming off of a you know personal relationship with an owner. So you know, we've talked about this back in like, how do you assess the property management firm as an owner? And that's a huge characteristic that plays into a topic like this. Yeah. And, and I, I generally find those owners are a couple dollars short on the rent as well, because 
They're, they just, yeah. you know, again, it's that relationship side, right? So, yeah. so I think if you're out there and you're thinking of talking to full service property management companies, and I, we've talked about this extensively, full service is going to be more than just property management. It's going to be your accounting. It's going to be your leasing. It's going to be client retention, everything that goes along with it. And then, of course, uh, value add uh, around the asset itself of are you capitalizing on the real estate or is the highest and best use, things like that. And that's what you're going to look for. Well, one of the things we wanted to talk about, Derek, which I'm just going to jump to real quick because it's fresh in mind, is around optimizing the return on the property. Yep. That's a challenge when you have a kind of situation we're describing. And I think a classic example of the benefit that firms like ours can provide is that we have a database of benchmarks and comps that can inform a client in terms of their lease rates, their operating expense charges, et cetera, because it's just classic for me that, especially if you've got multi-generational families with large portfolios, their sense of the market can be skewed by history. And they may not know that what they're doing is below market, at market, above market. And so we can easily compare whether it's through our brokerage firms or through our property management comps to say, you know what, it feels like these tenants are being overcharged, but the reality of the market is they're not. So let's develop a strategy to migrate these lease rates or these operating expense charges up to market. And yeah, you might have some turnover, but again, we can help with that because we're in the middle. Uh, and and that, that will optimize the return over the long run. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you, when you think of the kind of the solutions aspect around what you offer on the full service side, I mean, you know, comprehensive management expertise. I mean, when you've got the ability within a team, when you have, you know, a thousand, 2000 clients that you're working with, that's a lot of expertise to bring to the table when you're working with one specific client that you can gather those informations, like you're talking about, you know, the ability to look at what is the average cam in that area? Are we paying too much for the alarm system? Right now we're going through a few properties where we've been uh, asked I shouldn't say ask. You receive the letter that says you need to upgrade your alarm, you know, from the uh, the fire department and says, here's what you got to do. Well, if you couldn't pull off of comps of other clients that we've worked on in the same area for the same type of asset, you could get taken advantage of. You know, instead of paying 45000 you'd be paying 80000 right? So there's a value in having that expertise and that experience um, to lean on uh, based on, uh, you know, what they've done in the past. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, another thought that came up slightly different, but I thought of it as you were talking, is that you know, thinking about the tenants in the building, um, and it's it's not just at the lease transaction, but it's also you know once you're living with the lease, and let's suppose you you can get triple nets in place, and you're you know you're charging some cam or operating expenses. Well, you're gonna have to reconcile that, and you know an owner may get through the process of setting that up, but then when you get a letter, particularly if you've got national tenants. I mean, I can't tell you how much time and energy it takes to navigate the process of reconciling for national tenants. Uh, and they, they're they they're prone to just, you know, not pay or underpay and make you figure out the difference, communicate it with them, justify it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you can work it out, but it can take years sometimes, unfortunately. So um, I, I'm thinking about that tenant satisfaction. I'm thinking about that tenant experience, but I'm also thinking about the challenges that come with tenants, particularly if you get into some nationals, which, you know, you got high credit there. So your, your return is more safe, but you're going to have to deal with all the things that a national tenant's going to bring to a property. Yeah. I, and there's a couple of them that come to mind, uh, especially around timing, right? If you don't get the camera reconciliation in by a certain time, they don't have to pay. 
And, uh, and that's a, that's a big one. And so if you're trying to do them on your own, um, the other thing that I know that a fair amount of them ask for is they want all invoices. They want a copy of everything that got paid and not everyone keeps that in an organized fashion, right? I know we keep all of our stuff, you know, in electronic, just like you do. I mean, it's all electronically uh, ready to go. So when we get the camera done, it's just fired off with the uh, reconciliation statement, which uh, would say how much they owe or what we owe them as far as credit going into the next year with all the invoices. Um, because there's been a few times when uh, clients have come in and said, I haven't done reconciliations for three years and they get really disappointed when they can't go back those last two years and, uh, and, and collect those fees. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the efficiency piece is huge to have, you know, as a, as third-party firms were forced into creating efficiencies just to survive. But it does mean that when you come up against those issues and somebody says, I need all the invoices for the last three years for this tenant, like literally that's running a report for us and it, it pulls it all out and auto sums it and, you know, off you go. That's not the hard part, but that could be a disaster if you're doing things, you know, on paper or any kind of slightly modified version of paper. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think we'll have a sidebar here as it relates to the definition of dif different leases. Cause I know we throw out modified gross, gross, triple net, double net. Um, and I think uh, to kind of, guess, uh, get everyone thinking on the same page. When you think of a lease, I mean, an absolute triple net lease is the best one, in my opinion, just because everything's covered corner to corner. You know, nothing comes out of pocket. Um, and then it goes from there down to the triple net lease. Uh, typically, you'll see on a double net lease where roof and structure, you got to pay for as the owner. Um, and then the modified gross is you can have a base year, the first year of expenses, and then that sets a tone for how much you can go up each year thereafter. Um, there's just, I mean, there's just so many different variety on those leases that um, it's, it's important to have those reviewed by, you know, groups that actually know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that, I mean, we, we almost could dedicate a whole podcast to talking through the nuances of, of different lease forms and some some of the jargon that's thrown around, around in the industry to describe sometimes the same thing or slightly different versions of the same thing. You know, I think a, a point to mention here too is that Many of our clients uh, or many folks who approach us have built portfolios based on multifamily and then are, are interested in the commercial space, maybe have acquired some properties there. And there's a huge difference between leasing and those two. And, and we, I actually see it on our employees who come from multifamily and I certainly see it on the clients that every lease is different in commercial. So you, you could end up, you know, across your properties in a portfolio having various ones uh, and multifamily investors, you know, not fair to say that they always are ignorant to those things, but it's just so different. It can cause a, you know, a different, it, it can require a different mindset where somebody who's a third party firm and specializes, it can really help. Yeah. And multifamily leases renew a lot quicker than commercial, right? So some of the commercial leases that we've inherited, I mean, these are things written, I'm working on right now is 1979 and it's still active. I mean, so, you know, those are, you know, long, long time leases. And some of those pharmaceutical companies have 40 year leases on those, uh, those locations. So that, that has a piece to do with it. So, so when we think about, so we'll talk a little on the solution side. So we hit the challenges pretty good around, you know, why the clients that we've worked with and look to work with us is the individuals, you know, just limited in time and know-how. And then of course, the ability to kind of optimize the return of that asset and keeping the tenants happy. So when you think about the benefits and solutions, we talked a little bit about the comprehensive management expertise that you get when you work with a full service 
you know, which includes everything from, you know, financial analysis, you know, tenant relations, the maintenance, you know, property management, you know, the leasing, you know, all those types of things. Um, and then tenant acquisition and retention. Um, I know we talked to this a little bit, but I feel like that's, that's one of the biggest keys, um, especially if you've got tenants that are also tenants in other properties for other clients. You know, if it's a national tenant and you have a few of those, you kind of know how to work with them and how to get things that are needed uh, on the account. But, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about how, you know, full service groups like ourselves and others that are out there work with, you know, like tenant acquisition and retention. I mean, I think, yeah, we did speak to this in the earlier one, and it's it's worth revisiting now and maybe directing folks to it that, you know, when when, a, when an owner is considering a property management company, the degree to which that firm also has brokerage is really important because in an ideal situation, you've got under one roof brokers and managers who are working together and you know, finding appropriate boundaries between the acquisition of the tenant and then, you know, the relationship and the retention of them going forward. Um, but you know, a, a broker who's informed by in-house property management has the, the right level of information from the property manager on behalf of the owner can perform better in finding a tenant. They, they know what they need. They know how the property operates. Again, back to operating expense, you know, triple net charges. That's something that they can get immediately instead of having to go through a bunch of hoops. Um, and that can really help with lease negotiations. So I think looking at firms that have that all under one roof, like both of us do, is really an important consideration for an owner. Uh, just to pivot quickly to retention, I, I was thinking about this in your intro on this particular topic that we had a situation recently where we have uh, like, like a regional tenant with multiple locations who um, ended up being in one part of our managed portfolio in a couple locations and then added a location that we do slightly different at an owner's request from the others that they already had, particularly with respect to how they pay their rent. They were used to being able to pay their rent electronically. We use the same system, uh, but essentially it allows the, the tenant to pay the rent either through a check to a lockbox, ACH, EFT, they can even use credit card. And they had they had defined systems as like you know, a regional tenant, not a national, to pay their rent that way. They really liked it. This one particular client of ours, uh, unfortunately, doesn't have their setup organized such that we can use that system. And the tenant was really grumpy about it. And, and we were, were advising the client that that's going to become a retention issue. They, they thought when they were joining another in the I. Elliott managed property, they were going to have that same service. And so I, I use that as an example that, you know, you, you can actually, by applying best practices, you can get that tenant in the door and then help retain them because they've got access to those services and they're used to them and they like them and they, in fact, build their businesses around them. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And, and, you know, when we think about retention, you know, one of the big parts of retention too is, is making sure they have a good building and property to work out of and, uh, you know, being proactive, you know, being proactive in the maintenance um, and the cost savings you get by working with a full service brokerage helps as well, because typically what you do and I do, we have vendors that we work with and we get buying power. So when, uh, you're out when it's time for, you know, striping, it's time for new slurry coats or landscaping, you know, and we have properties that are adjacent or close to each other that are different owners, we're able to have those negotiations and, and negotiate good pricing, um, you know, for them. So I think the uh, the value of leveraging uh, full service and all the relationships and vendor relationships that we forged over the years, those owners get to take advantage of. 
Oh yeah. So my favorite example is asphalt. Where, you, know, you already mentioned it where we're scheduling out asphalt in February for the whole summer, you know, and you can get on the books with people that you couldn't get on the books on if you're by yourself, you know, cause we're doing a hundred projects and, you know, if you're lucky, you can negotiate some cost savings there too. I mean, these days it's been tough, but at least you're getting scheduling advantages. Yeah. We're doing, uh, and now, now it's de-icing, right? We already get, yeah. you know, cause it's not even in the summer right. here. And we know here in the Northwest, we all love our summers and I'm looking outside it's 84 degrees going, man, it's a nice day. And I'm looking at, you know, proposals for de-icing, you know, it's time for snow removal. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that, so that's on there. Um, and I think, you know, then kind of moving down the, the list here of other advantages and solutions, you know, you think about financial management and reporting, um, you know, versus just doing it on out of your checkbook or, you know, trying to do it on a, a spreadsheet by yourself. I mean, the, the power of having a system and a full service system like together we have, um, you know, using, you know, the, the click pay and, and the Avid and all these types of things, I think is a, is a big thing to look for when you're looking for a full service. Oh my gosh. I mean, you, you know, as a, as former and uh, closeted accountants, the two of us, uh, this is our like bread and butter, you know, a great report is it's really industry standard in terms of what you should expect from property management, but you, you can't take for granted the amount of time and energy and systems it takes to produce really great reports. Um, but they can really, really change the nature of a portfolio by being able to see the whole picture. And, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, Derek, that I'll just throw out here because because I'm dealing with it increasingly on, um, particularly on our, you know, our family high net worth portfolios is, is really understanding reporting levels. You know, you oftentimes you're going to have structures where, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a, um, hopefully a soon to be current client that has essentially started as operating companies and those operating companies acquired properties over time. And so the properties are owned by a corporation and you have to think really carefully about how you're going to set that up so you can report. Are you reporting at the property level and at that corporation level? Are you reporting only at the corporation level? And does that somehow fold up into something else? And that the setup is really important because, you know, you, 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 as property managers, we need to know what the client needs in terms of their tax um, set up with their CPA. And they need to know what, you know, what are they looking at in terms of consolidated reporting? And when you get multiple entity levels, that's, that's a, that's just a, something that really has to be thought through. And oftentimes the client won't have that because it, it happened organically and they don't really, they're not organized in the way that they'd like to be, or they should be. And so we can help with that. Yeah. And timeliness. I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, timeliness is always a big one. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time because if we can't get the information soon enough, it's hard to make decisions. You know, and what, and the big reports that I know when I sit down with clients, I mean, the reports we have, I mean, geez, we have some that are close to 100 pages, but the primary one is that, you know, actual to budget. And when you can sit down with a client on a timely basis and say, here's what actually is the income and expense for that property compared to budget, and you can have those conversations and, and talk through it versus waiting to the end of the quarter to have that conversation, you know, that, that it could be too late by that time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Of reporting and uh, having access to people that know what they're doing on the financial side of things. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's first starts to speak to uh, a really important thing that owners need to think about and like owner representatives, if it's a larger family or entity and the property managers, how, how, what's that experience like for the owner? 
And I would just say that's a really part, important part of the proposal process and the setup process is to define roles a little bit. In fact, I had a call today, or not today, but um, th this week and the end of last week, it was a two-part call with a client where we were talking through a, a really well-performing asset that we were working on for them uh, for the last couple of years, but, but ultimately some role and responsibility confusion around what is the owner supposed to do and what is the property manager supposed to do and what is the leasing agent supposed to do. And this is a particularly unique situation uh, because the owner self-managed it and did it very well. But back to our earlier points, because the time and, and expertise didn't want to do that anymore, uh, we had to kind of talk through something else we've talked about multiple times, which is like, what does an asset manager do? What does a property manager do? What does a leasing agent do? What does like an investment sales broker do? And renorm those things. So you know that's not ideal. It's better if you can do that in the upfront conversation to make sure that the owner experience is really good about they know what to expect. They know what their role is, uh, you know, and if there's other things that need to be added in in terms of other services, they can be done up front as much as possible. That's really important. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into the the next one that we were going to talk about, which is risk management and compliance. Right. I mean, boy, uh, more and more we're getting into compliance um, conversations because there's just things that have to be done and, uh, and, and, and things are changing. on it. But from a risk management perspective, and we talked about leases earlier. My goodness, you got to make sure that the the insurance certificates for your tenants are up to speed, and if they match with what the lease requires them, um, you want to make sure that you're named in those uh, as the owner and your property management companies you named in those. So, I mean, the value of working with a full service firm out there, you know, like ourselves, uh, you know, and you, of course, the is the risk management side of of ownership. I mean, there's a lot of risk involved and, uh, you know, the goal is to eliminate that and reduce it for sure. No kidding. And again, we, we, we beat on these topics, but I think it's worth it is cybersecurity is just like an insanely important thing. You know, how is the information being held? You suppose you're connect, collecting financials from a prospective tenant or you're collecting sales from a tenant as part of their lease obligations. I mean, are you keeping that information safe as an owner? That's, that's not something that business would want to get out. So, gosh, it just goes, the cybersecurity piece is a whole nother one that's just about risk management. Yeah. And I, and I think you mentioned it earlier, which is when you sit down with whoever you're going to work with and you're interviewing potential property management companies for your office, um, you definitely want to have that, those types of questions asked. Mm -hmm. What's your risk, you know, what's your risk mitigation? What's your risk management and compliance um, for us as uh, your client? And, uh, yeah. and kind of walking, you know, walking through those. Because ultimately, is you want streamlined owner experience, right? I mean, ultimately, this asset's supposed to provide the cash flow. And you and I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago around family offices that we've both been working with that where the parents work their tails off to build this portfolio and the kids respect it and want to be a part of it, but they don't want to run it. And they're not sure exactly how to, to manage it. And they don't want the huge tax consequences of passing it down too early, figuring out the whole step up and basis, who's going to manage the assets, or do we just sell it, pay the capital gains and put it into something else? And, you know, you and I both are in the camp of, look, it's a great portfolio. Let's work to keep it and put a team in place that can make your experience streamlined and pleasant so that you have hassle-free ownership and you can get, you know, your cash flow distributions for years to come and generations to come. A team of professional advisors is huge. And I, I started not making this up, but the call I just got off was between a potential client, uh, their their uh, accountant who's handling a lot of their tax issues, and us as property accountants. 
basically the accountants having conversations about, okay, what do you need for tax purposes? What are, what are we doing for property accounting? And the next call is actually to the CPA who submits the taxes to make sure that all of that is aligned so that that, you know, that generational person who's like you described, they've got the right team of people around them that are coordinating with each other to make sure that things run smoothly. It, it, like literally, I just did that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's where I, I mean, most of the people I end up talking to is through either their wealth advisor or their CPA. Um, a few real estate attorneys will reach out, but it's primarily the CPA because they lean on them on the accounting side. And they're saying, yeah, we can do your books, but you really need to have somebody step in here that can help you manage uh, the asset and uh, and maximize it. That's the key. Um, well, as a recap, I'm going to kind of go through it. Just so as people are listening, if they're taking notes and saying, okay, I'm going to write down these things when I ask these questions. Um, you know, the first thing you'd want to do is make sure that the firm you're talking to talk about you know, what's their experience? Are they a comprehensive management? And meaning they have all the expertise you need around, you know, leasing, property management, marketing, financial analysis, tenant relations, maintenance, all those types of things. The second piece is going to be tenant acquisition and retention. What do you do to help us keep our tenants happy? What do you do to help us get new tenants if there's going to be a change? The third one is going to be proactive maintenance and cost optimization. You know, what do they do to help you maximize the return on that asset through proactive maintenance, as well as, you know, cost optimization through whether it's the vendor relationships, you know, things that they have, they can bring to the table to help be competitive. Um, what kind of financial reporting do they have? What's their process? What's their timing of getting you those reports? How do they, you know, put together the system? Are they, are they expecting checks to be mailed in or are they using, you know, things like Avid and, you know, uh, Jones on the insurance for tracking insurance certificates, things like that. So making sure that they truly have a back office and making sure that back office has redundancy. Because a lot of times companies will talk to you, we got full service and say, great, how many people are in the team? Well, we got one person in accounting. Okay, what happens to that one person? Something, they want to take a vacation, I'm sure. So who covers it then? You know, those types of things. So asking those questions around financial management, you know, Risk management and compliance, what do they do to help make sure you're protected? What's their steps and processes? Are they going through and making sure the leases are matching up with the insurance certificates? You know, things like that. And then ultimately ask the question, how will you help me make my ownership experience hassle-free? I think those are kind of the top six solutions that I that we kind of outlined. I mean, Jordan, what do you, what's your uh, parting words on that? Yeah, great summary. And, you know, I think it really brings into focus that a lot of times, um, the kind of situation we're looking at in terms of high net worth individual with commercial real estate portfolio in and amongst potentially other investments, they can be in a very tactical place, like just kind of responding to things in the moment and trying to keep the boat afloat. But really what we're suggesting is that this needs to be a strategic decision for a family about like, how are they positioning this part of a portfolio or this, this core set of assets for long-term success? And that's where finding firms like ours can be really helpful because, you know, again, once roles and responsibilities are talked about, you know, the, the, uh, the set of uh, charges that a property management firm takes on, once those things are clear, it can prove to be strategic, not only for an individual, but for generations to come. That's our hope, right? So, yeah, I think that's what gets that's us up in the morning. That's what gets us up in the morning. Wake up every day. How are we going to enhance those real estate returns for our owners? Um, yeah. As sad as it sounds, we do get pretty excited about this, uh, which is the reason why we're in it. Um, and, uh, and you know, we're all here to try to help our clients 
take that fiduciary responsibility serious. And, uh, you know, we know everybody works way too hard to get a good asset and um, our job is to help them retain it and maximize it. So, Absolutely. With that, I will uh, let everybody get back to their day. We appreciate you uh, joining us here on this podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us directly, you know, through the podcast, you can DM me um, or, you know, give a call, whatever works out best for you. And uh, we look forward to uh, uh, hearing from you uh, in the future and hope you enjoy other episodes within our podcast series. So with that, everybody have a great day. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you should have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at dokemail.com. Again, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day.